On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we go way deep on Willie Green and his makes his way to New Orleans to coach the Pelicans. The Saints open preseason in a month. We'll get way into training camp, which is on its way to opening up. Plus, Edwin Edwards is dead. We've got so much to talk about. We've got everything that you want right here. Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Polk and Cush. It is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. We are on the second half of the season and the Pelicans somehow, Mr. Andrew Polk, Still don't have a head coach, but we think we might know who it is finally. Well, there's no coach because the two uh, the two finalists are in the NBA Finals. That's true. They're not going to disrupt that. Why are there so many days between these games? They're not going to bum these guys out by saying, <laughs> hey, go coach you're these the new losers. coach of the Pels. <laughs> You know how you're about to win a championship? Well, forget about that, buddy. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can, sucko. <laughs> you might be making four times more money, but you'll never be here again. Now, it's so many days in between the games. Like, at least don't spoil us leading up to this because every day of playoffs was every yeah. single day was basketball. Yeah. And now it's two, three days in between. At least, like, wean us off of it. Yeah. Because what what am I going to watch? A superhero show? I'm going to watch Black <laughs> Widow every night? No. I'm done. I only want to watch sports. Yeah, I agree. And like the literally the only thing on TV last night was the home run derby. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, you have to watch this. You literally don't have a choice. I was like, it's this or I have to watch like Lincoln on HBO, <laughs> which keeps telling me to watch it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't really want to watch Lincoln on HBO. It sounds depressing. <laughs> yeah, I know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He, di- he dies? <laughs> yeah, he gets shot in the face while watching uh, the Book of Mormon. That's the only play I know. It's a very odd ending in Lincoln because I don't think they show him get murdered. They just like run to the stage and is say it like the president's the, been shot. It's very odd. Is it like the Sopranos where he's in the diner? <laughs> They're playing Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Lincoln's sitting there and you're like, did he get shot? I don't know. It's even like they... They show everything except for the... Mer- it's very odd. Uh, anyway, yeah. Lincoln, HBO. You might have heard of it. Go look it up, everybody. It's good. How was your week? It was really good. I had a great week, except for the three hours I spent watching that movie. Uh, no, I, I everything's been great. I really uh, was thinking by the time we sat back down here that we would have some definitive answers and I think we're pretty close to a definitive answer quite frankly. Yeah, the uh, definitive answer, I guess Christian Clark came out and said that it's going to be Willie Green. Yeah. That sounds like he is the uh, far and away the front runner and I've been told that by a whole bunch of people for a long time now. Uh basically once the Jacques Vaughn situation fizzled, uh and that he did not want the job and I think they were pretty close to coming to an agreement. Uh, But once that sort of fizzled out, I think Willie Green's name emerged. uh, And then from there, and and also when Chauncey Billups took the Portland job, and then from there, I think it started to become uh, kind of obvious that Willie Green was going to get this. But it took a while. He's talked to Brandon Ingram. He's talked to Zion. He's like, they're making this process much more deliberate uh, than I think maybe it even has to be. But certainly it is a deliberate, slow process. And I know for a lot of fans are starting to go like, what in the actual hell is going on right now? Well, uh, is that uh, him meeting with Zion and Brandon? Is that public new? Is that like public information or was that like kept in the shadows? Yeah, I actually, you know, I've heard it from so many people that I honestly don't remember anymore. If yeah, because I would, just, I would just be interested like the context of it as if, if they were in on an interview, if they were like Skyping with this guy, if they're just saying, hey, what do you think about him? Yeah, I don't know their experiences with Willie necessarily. Or, yeah. you know, I believe 
uh, that they went to the Clippers Suns series in Los Angeles and met him after or before a game. So they like, as he became a serious candidate, they went and talked to him and, you know, kind of gave him the opportunity yeah. to, you know, essentially, I think that's one of those things where you talk to the guy and you basically allow them the opportunity to say no, because I'm pretty confident if either of those guys had sat down with Stan last year, they would have said no. <laughs> and I think that is probably the most damning part of this whole process is like all Griff really needed to do was just ask anybody besides himself if Stan would have been the right guy. If he had listened to anyone, I think he wouldn't have ended up where he did. And so now I think he's kind of taking on a, a wider approach when it comes to uh, a more collaborative approach when it comes to this one. Well, if that would have happened last season, would anyone have put a, a, a stake in Zion at that point saying, no, I don't like this coach? Or would they have said, he probably you wouldn't don't have said it. know enough at this point yeah. to know what you want? Maybe with Brandon Ingram as well, just being new to New Orleans. Maybe he would have learned his last name, though. I mean, maybe if he had talked to him before he got the job, perhaps he would have learned his last name. Well, I'm glad they they went to L.A. They went to P.F. Chang's. They gave him the old (laughs) job interview and they gave him the thumbs up, probably because he's young. He's uh, cool. He's speaking this millennial love language. Yeah. uh, What is it? Acts of service. He's like, (laughs) I will tell you that you're a good boy if you get a rebound. I will say that you're handsome and sweet before I say you've got to make that shot. This is uh, what you get with a millennial coach, right? Is this the new the new breed of coaches? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a millennial. He's definitely got experience in the league. He played, I think, 715, something like that, 700 games. Uh, when you played that many and you don't and we don't know how many, that means it was good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you did it. You hung around like it's very hard to hang around yeah. the league like that. Uh, he was a contributor. He was never a star, obviously, but he was a contributor. And I think he has the experience uh, to kind of level with a lot of different guys in a locker room where he can talk to the dudes at the end of the bench. He can talk to the starters. He can talk to the guys in the middle and kind of be able to relate an experience to them, which is important. Uh, the, the simple fact of all of this is like, we don't know anything. Okay. Like these coaches, they come, they go, some stick, some don't. Uh, if you have really good players, you usually win. If you have really bad players, you usually lose. Mm. There's really not like we overthink this thing by a, a mile, but at the same time, when you've seen two coaches in a row fail with two talented players on the roster, it then takes an outsized importance. So it's like, I recognize that if you're cooking at Burger King, what you serve is going to be shitty because the ingredients are shitty. And if you're cooking at Commander's Palace, what you serve is probably going to be good. But at the same time, like when you have a couple bad experiences or a good experience one way or the other, when you flip them, uh, you have to start realizing that it actually does matter who's back there to some degree. You have the ability to fuck it up. I'm not saying you have the ability to necessarily change everything, but you can definitely fuck it up with the wrong hire, which they already did. So we're we're now an ingredients team as opposed to a chef team, right? Yeah, the last two years, I'd say they were like a, an ingredients team without a good chef. This is absurd. Uh, <laughs> where do you think on the line of cooks? Where do you think Willie's showing up? <laughs> Sous chef? Is this guy head of the house? Yeah, is no. He taking the coats right he now. Doing? He's a sous chef of a James Beard winner, Got right? It. And Stan. I don't know what he was flipping burgers in the backyard. I don't Stan, know what Stan was. Stan was eating the <laughs> burgers. Stan was cheesecake. People factory. are always like, oh, you made the Stan fat joke. You know what? I did. And you didn't. I did make it. I'm sorry. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Basically, what Willie Green is is a guy who gets the job, there's always someone who gets a job because the team that they coach as an assistant is really goddamn good. And they get at least, you know, some of the the shine that comes off of that. For example... Like Alvin Gentry? (laughs) There we go. Alvin Gentry would not have gotten another head coaching job after 2015, except for the fact he was with the Warriors in the greatest season, probably of the greatest turnaround, probably of all time, and immediately making them a champion. 
uh, which Steve Kerr gave him a lot of credit for. There Monty are w- there are some differences with Willie. Tons. Willie was a player very recently. Willie yes. has a wide uh, breadth of experience. Yes. With a with a wide range of players in different states in their careers. Yes. He's young. He's relatable to, to the team, which is a big difference. Alvin was relatable to the team in the way that a fun uncle shows up and lets you <laughs> smoke in the garage. <laughs> That's he's, such a good comparison. You know, he's Bill Murray showing up to the bar. <laughs> he's getting back there. He's buying everybody shots. He's fun uncle. <laughs> Willie Green is showing up. He's like, come on down. Let's party. I know the lingo. He's saying no cap. Yeah. He's, you know, whatever the fuck they say. He, it's definitely interesting to listen to very few kind of media things he's had involved with him. First of all, the every Suns player that you hear from, and really anybody who played with Willie Green, they all loved him. Uh, he seems to kind of have a universal popularity. Chris Paul, uh, for one, who was his teammate and now uh, plays for him, just has nothing but glowing things to ever say about Willie Green. Uh, and then when you kind of get into like, he doesn't make a lot of comments, but when he does, he says things like this. And tell me who this sounds like, okay? Uh, the best coaches aren't necessarily the ones that talk about X's and O's. It's doing everything from a place of love. People feel that. I can develop a relationship with players, coaches, and front office. I can be critical, but out of love. I think they can receive it much better. It's not how well I drop a play or how much I get on you or discipline you. It's how much you feel, how much love you feel and care about them. Uh, that, that sounds like a mad TV sketch <laughs> of like... Uh, what will happen when the everybody gets a trophy generation becomes coaches? Head coaches. That's yes. a mad TV sketch. I get why he's saying that. I'm not saying it's not true. Sure. But, you know, come on. I, I mean, if I had a boss who talked <laughs> like that, I, I would be laughing in the meeting. Uh, but it sounds like David Griffin, right? Yeah, it does. It sounds a lot like David Griffin. Alvin Gentry sounded nothing like David Griffin. Stan Van Gundy sounded like the polar opposite. No, Alvin Gentry showed up. Shots for everybody. Yeah, it's like... Stan Van Gundy showed up, and he was mad that everybody was a minute late. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it totally, just like completely diametrically opposite ways to view the world uh, is the previous two coaches. And Willie Green, this guy is is all about love, clearly. And it's like, if he, he I think... His top priority is if he can create individual relationships, foster those relationships, get guys to trust him and believe in him, that they will therefore play harder. So using the carrot instead of the stick uh, and using just the idea of like motivation can come from the fact that you feel accountable to someone who you believe in. Those things, I'm not going to say they're bullshit because I honestly don't know. Uh, but certainly it's new agey. Yeah. And certainly it's got some Griffisms to it, right? Like Griff talks in these glittering generalities like this, too, and these riddles of, you know, what like things I can't understand what he's talking about. This is kind of the same thing. It's like you're speaking from a plane that has nothing to do with basketball when you're referring to the basketball coach. Yeah, I mean, it's Instagram philosophy. I mean, this is like an account that like posts a picture of Tom Hardy and it says like every day you have to wake up and kill somebody to get it. <laughs> Rising it, grind. Lot, you know, they're a lot more positive. It's just funny that like this is the turn the NBA has taken when four years ago the Pelicans were, hey, we have two large men and we're going to kill you. Yeah. That was the Pelicans four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, listen, man, it's all about love. That's yeah. what losers say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not. I hope that, you know, I'm not a positive person, clearly. <laughs> I hope that the summer of love takes over these guys. <laughs> let's get, you know, let's get positive. <laughs> let's dunk. Let's Let's ev- let's instead of breaking a rim, mm-hmm. why don't we teach it a lesson? <laughs> yes. Instead of fouling out, why don't we foul in to realizing our mistakes on the court? <laughs> We're gonna dunk on negativity. Uh, I, I I for one like I think this is probably the best approach when you have two players in their early twenties, guys who've never won shit, uh, and guys who clearly need to be challenged while at the same time 
you can't being coddled to. Yeah, you just can't alienate them. Stan yeah. so clearly alienated everybody in that roster, uh, and it was such a terrible approach yeah. to take that this approach might be extreme the other way. But it's also not Alvin Gentry of kind of like, hey, I'm gonna throw the ball out here. We're gonna run four plays essentially the whole season. Uh, we're gonna we have a flow to what we want to do. We believe in you. Go play. Well, Alvin, this is a this is a hybrid between those things, while also bringing in the fact that this guy has played a whole lot in the NBA and is now watching a great team, and he's with Golden State, who is a great team too. Yeah, uh, you know, Alvin was lackadaisical about his coaching style. Like, yes, he was laid back and he let players do whatever they want, but that never showed any success. Like, I I sincerely believe, you know, for all the goofs aside. I think Willie Green can be positive and put this team in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we're negative old fucks. <laughs> kids aren't like that anymore. You can't, you can't go out there and yell kids into shape anymore. You have no. to pretend that everything's fine yeah. and, and guide them into it with hugs. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of that, like, positive reinforcement, I think, goes a long way. Yeah. Especially now in a league where when guys are upset and they're not happy with where they're at, they just leave. Yeah. And, like, if you alienate Zion any further or you alienate Brandon Ingram any further, it's just not going to last. Yeah. And so I don't know how long you could do that for, how long you can, you know, like, straddling that line of being, like, first and foremost, we're about love. And then at the same time, the guy's just flat don't show up against Minnesota one night and you lose by 35. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Do you respond with... It's okay, guys. I know we're all tired and whatever. Or do you have to kick them in the ass and be like, that's unacceptable. Here's what we got. You know, like, well, no, they're not going to poke the bear because that's what the NBA is now. Now it's going to be like, hey, I know tonight was toxic. I know that you were triggered by getting zero rebounds in the first. I know that that foul really brought up some PTSD. Yeah, this is just the new NBA, but hopefully it works out. Yeah, I mean, I, I see how... I see the benefits of the approach. I'll put it that way. Like I, I reckon, and I think it carries a lot more weight coming from someone like Willie green, who spent so much time and watched the NBA transform so radically from the locker room. People I like, walked into in 2002 to the one he's got, you know, in Phoenix right now. Uh, and certainly the one before he had Chris Paul, uh, it is a, a interesting hire. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it will be a done deal sooner than later. Uh, I don't know how much it will affect their winning and losing. As we said a couple times on here, like he, if they don't get any shooting, it doesn't really matter. Like you would like to see Ingram and Zion play some defense. That seems like it would be a nice improvement. It would be good to see them play harder uh, on both ends, and that's kind of the biggest. Uh, that I think that's kind of what they're trying to get this coach to accomplish more than anything. Uh, but if they don't have any shooting, if they don't really upgrade parts of this roster, they kind of cap out at a team that's like a seven or eight seed anyway. Yeah. Uh, so what they do from a personnel perspective is is far more important uh, than whatever Willie Green is going to bring them. Yeah. I mean, you know, smiles and rainbows on the bench are not going to make that Instagram video of Steven Adams taking step back threes reality in a game. No. Uh, no, uh, God, if you're still fooled by workout videos, <laughs> just t take your head, pull it out of your ass and 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 like stare at the wall for a while because stop watching workout videos. Yeah, no uh, one's ever gotten anything out of that. Uh, no matter how happy or productive a coach is or how well he meshes with the team, if he takes Nikhil Alexander Walker and makes him a uh, top shooting option for the Pelicans. Yeah, that's bad for the Pelicans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they need to upgrade the roster, upgrade the roster and then see, you know, maybe Willie will be indicative of a winning culture in New Orleans. He can set the foundation for what yeah. players want, how they interact with the team and one another. That could be a benefit it does not necessarily result in any more wins than last year. No. Because this team stunk last season, and they were somewhat close to 500. And they were healthy. Yeah. You know? Uh, 
I, I do think it matters, though, that this time around, Griff is not getting a coach. He's not Unlike the last two offseasons, he's not signing a coach with the idea of molding him into a, a kind of personality that fits what he wants. He's not hoping to mold them. Right. He is getting someone who fits already. The day that Willie Green walks in that door, he probably understands the philosophy that Griff wants. He probably recognizes the full collaborative experience that he's going to get. And he had, he's not one of those 60-plus coaches who expects to be totally siloed off, away from the front office, away from the medical staff. I think he's someone who will recognize that this is everybody's in this together, that this GM is going to want to say. And this is all part of it, and I think it is – a huge difference maker to have the coach and the GM not fucking hate each other 20 games into the season, which is what you had the last two years. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm the positive one here today. <laughs> uh, anyway, that will take us through our Pelicans news. We will, of course, get to some Saints stuff training camp right around the corner. We've got overrated. We've got underrated. We've got the worst. So please stick around right here. Polk and go. That's J-A-N-S-E-N. It's Jansen. Jansen Patagna, the realtor to the stars. Is anybody still listening? (laughs) (laughs) I tried my best. Jansen Patagna, ladies and gentlemen, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. He is the greatest realtor that's ever existed on planet Earth. He so happens to be in New Orleans, Louisiana. So if you need a house, email Jansen. Call Jansen. Jansen knows every single thing about houses, and he will get you one. If you just you have to pay for it. But other than that, Jansen is on your ass. Jansen. This is like if you uh, looked at the craziest guy on the bus. <laughs> you're like, hey, can you read this ad real quick? <laughs> Chance Batagna. He's at French Quarter Realty. J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. He has houses, properties, apartments, suites, mansions all over the city. Not just in, you think of New Orleans, you're obviously thinking Bourbon Street. He doesn't just sell houses on Bourbon Street. Yeah. He sells places everywhere in up-and-coming neighborhoods where they don't steal your garbage can, (laughs) where they they won't steal. Where there aren't piles of tires out front of your house. This is getting very specific to where (laughs) I live. Jansen is a good dude. Uh, People that listen to this show have bought property from him, and they say professional, easy to work with, easy to deal with. I didn't even sign any forms. He just gave me keys in a Home Depot parking lot, and now I have a property. He was in Disney. He met Bol Bol. The coolest. He sold Bol Bol Cinderella's castle. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jansen, no, you don't know anything about real estate. That's, me, personally, no. Of course not. And neither does anybody listening to this. We all think that we have an idea. It's like, oh, I can go on Zillow. It's like, you don't know anything. Zillow is not going to help you at all. You got to call a million people. You got to know the comps. You got to understand the area. You got to know the market. Just call Jansen. Jesus. And I'm like, the way I was trying to buy a house, I was going on Airbnb and I'd find (laughs) one I liked and I would email them and go, hey, can I buy this? It's it's $100 a day. So $100 a day times I'm 36, 20 years until I die. Can I give you that and buy the house? They're like, no, it's not how home buying works. Yeah. Then I called Jansen. He sure got enough. me the house. Yeah, sure, sure enough. Four walls later. Here you are. Uh, Jansen Patagna. Follow him at under J, J underscore Patagna. That's J underscore Patagna. He is the best realtor that we have ever Seen with our fine eyes. Jansen, give him a call, everybody. That's a sponsor. On that note, <laughs> the weirdest ad read we've had in quite some time. 
we've got the Saints. Yeah, the Saints, the New Orleans football Saints. Uh, they're doing uh, open practices, which is, if you can't afford the preseason, yeah, <laughs> $4 to see them beat the Lions by 34 points, mm-hmm. if that's out of your budget, mm-hmm. load up the mega bus and <laughs> come on down airline. There's free the okay. Does the mega bus still exist? Probably. I haven't seen one in a while. I'd have to ask one of my stinky friends. It was so, that, this thing was so depressing. Like one dollar. Yeah, that's not enough to get anywhere, but it is enough to get you to the Oshner Sports Performance Center. Oh yeah. Well, the uh, the first uh, Saints uh, open practice. Bring the kids. Sneak in the booze, go to Applebee's after Friday, July 30th, practice with helmets and shells, 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. None of these people are going to be up at 9.30. No. No one is going to be. No. <laughs> at least it'll be nice and cool. What are they going to do? Call into work? Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a thousand degrees. Uh, people go to practice. It's wild to me. I'm I've always been. amazed. I've never been. Don't. It's terrible. It's nothing is fun about. I mean, I guess if you had little kids, it'd be cool. I suppose see the players up close. But well, like, yeah, because the kids don't know they're they're not at a real game. You know, you can get like a poster sign. Yeah, I mean that's it's like a. There are dudes who just like sit out there for hours waiting in line to get into practice beyond my comprehension, quite honestly, beyond my comprehension. These are the same men waiting uh, for hours to get into a Polk and Kush live taping. That's true. Yes, these are the same men. So these are very smart men. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so training games back. I know last year, obviously, nobody could do anything, couldn't get near, you know, a hundred foot radius of the team breathing. Uh, so that's nice this year. You will have that option if you are one of those guys that goes to training camp. Please email us to go to training camp and tell me why you go to training we'll camp. We'll go. There's a weekend one. Yeah. Well, no, you won't. No chance. I might. I need to like have a suit that's full of water that I can just like like a, like a, a dunk, talking like, head like suit? a dunk tank that I can walk with. It's so freaking hot outside. Just sit on a metal bleacher and watch football practice. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll just I'm, read the reports. I'm not going to do it unless someone sends us an enticing offer. That sounds good. If somebody's like, "Hey, come to practice. We'll go to TGI Fridays afterwards." I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, sold. Very enticing. Sold. I have an umbrella. I'll use that against the heat. <laughs> That's yes. That, that that does exist. Training camp heating up. The only two names coming out of camp. People can't stop talking about these two guys. Blake Gilligan <laughs> and Nolan Cooney. I couldn't believe I went on Canal Street Chronicles. It was really good. And they were like, what's the best battle of training camp? I was like, well, obviously, Taysom and Jameis. No, sir. Punter battle. Yeah. Punter. Which we mentioned a few episodes ago. It's unbelievable. Before man. these clowns. Everyone's copying us now. Yeah. Anyway, we mentioned these two guys whose names we can't remember. Blake and Nolan. I mean, is it really that interesting? I don't know. Did they say floor de leg anywhere <laughs> in the article? Because they should have. Battle of the kickers. What's better than that? I say, you know what? Sign both of them. Yeah. With two punters. Why can not? You, can you not use that? That'll be the most interesting part of preseason. After, hopefully, Jameis doesn't throw in a lot of interceptions, and therefore you can watch the, the Saints punt a lot. Yeah, and we can get that uh, on tape. Uh, I mean, there it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like very interesting position battles, considering that's like the big thing that people are talking about. I know, obviously, quarterback, it, but it does feel like Jameis kind of has the job, right? No one's even talking about Taysom. Um, I have seen some discourse saying that Taysom Hill is set up to be a professional-level quarterback, uh, starting, I should say, because hmm. he already is a professional-level quarterback. In the NFL? Well, these are people that are desperate to get you to click <laughs> on the ad. Uh I don't think that's a crazy argument. I just think it's a crazy argument against Jameis Winston, who's had a 5,000-yard season. Yes, he had 5 million interceptions. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. He had 5,000 yards. He's 20 years old. 
He's his eyes are fixed. <laughs> he's six foot ten. I'm describing Bill Brasky now. He's, he's got some amazing hip movements. He's I'm, very good at hip hip fluidity. I'm I'm on the Winston train, and you know Taysom is fine, but he's go, he Taysom's getting relegated back to Swiss Army knife, right? Has to be. And then our third quarterback, Garrett Grayson, whoever the fuck it is. <laughs> Chase Daniels. He's still Luke paid. McCown. Yeah. Is he still on the team? Well, getting paid. Doug Nussmeyer. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Jameis has got to be the quarterback, there's no, though. Ba- there's mean, no battle. If, there, if you're saying there's a battle, you're either racist or... <laughs> <laughs> you're racist against interceptions. That's what you are. Uh, Jameis has got it, and he should have it. This is this is a non-argument. I mean, it's not a non-argument. Jameis Winston sucks. Like, there's a re- he left the team, and they won the Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs. He leaves. They win the Super Bowl. It's not a non-argument. This isn't the Pelicans, okay? He didn't just <laughs> leave the team. He left the team and was re- replaced by whom? Yes. Sure. So he's worse than Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> sure. Fair. Is he better than Drew Brees? Probably. Yeah, he yeah, is. Probably. That's the argument here. Yeah, probably. Is he better? Yeah. Is he better? More the argument. Is he, is, he, better, is he better than, than Drew Brees for the last two years? Yes. Yeah. Is, is he better, he better than, than Taysom, Taysom right now? Probably. Probably. Yeah. It would be. It would be surprising if he doesn't get the job. Uh, that will be obviously the all eyes in training camp. Will uh, breathless coverage uh, starting July thirtieth <laughs> of every single passing rep. We'll have literally the, breathless. Oh yeah, we'll have the passing tree, the 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 route tree, and we'll have you know the depth chart. It's going to be awesome. I'm very much looking Man, forward. Love to those it. depth charts. Oh, it's going to be the best. That's always fun to do during your first hour at work. Yes. Look at the depth chart <laughs> as if you know what you're looking at. Ah. Yeah. That's the best. I know that's the Pelicans training camp is always great because after the first day, people are still asking questions about things like, "So, what? Where do you? Who thinks going to be the ninth guy?" Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> asking questions about preseason games it doesn't matter. So, preseason actually starts uh, a month from today. Uh, I am excited about that. I do want to watch preseason games. I, I kind of missed them last year, uh, and at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it'll be nice to get back to the dome whenever that re, you know, that happens. Uh, they've threatened uh, that you might have to wear a mask in the Superdome because the vaccination level is not very high. So Latoya, uh, in her mighty wisdom, is saying that we might need to wear masks if that's I, the case. What I was reading was saying no. that the masks are for the unvaccinated. Yeah, so you have but to put everyone's going to card. Lie. Yeah, everyone's going to lie. lie. Yeah, exactly. Like now, it's you don't need to ask people to get vaccinated anymore because they're not going to. Yeah, if they haven't right now. We should just stop. Yeah, it's like it's still available. It's at all these places. You know what you but should just do? Stop. You, uh, if you want people to think you have something, charge a premium price. Vaccines are free right now. Cut <laughs> off the vaccines and say, "Hey, we're out." Yeah. If you want a vaccine, it's a thousand dollars. Fake scarcity. And you're gonna double up the vaccinated rate immediately. I guarantee it. If you get a guy on the corner of Elysian Fields <laughs> and Rampart saying, I got vax, <laughs> I got the vax. He's like Mr. Oak. <laughs> <laughs> I got vaccination. <laughs> I got eating medicine. Uh, uh I do think like some fake scarcity would go a long way. Like the McRib, there's the rib never goes out of no. season, but it's a seasonal sandwich. So I think uh, we could all take a lesson from the McDonald's marketing department with the vaccine. Anyway, if they maybe wear a mask into the Subaru. I'm going to punch somebody directly in the stomach. <laughs> It'll probably be you. Um, uh, the last couple of items here, just cleaning stuff up. I'm vaccinated. Huh? Yeah, I'm vaccinated. Uh, they said uh, the, the Boston Globe came out with their ratings of best fan experiences. I guess I guess you're traveling. Uh, this is the type of thing you put out in July because you have nothing else to yeah. write about. Uh, anyway, uh, of the 32 NFL franchises, they said uh, going to a Saints game is the best experience. Uh, they based it on a couple of different factors. Uh attractions, weather, game day atmosphere, ticket availability, access to the stadium. The Saints are really great for all of that. It really is. It's super easy. It's a fun time. Everybody seems to give a crap. You can park. You can walk. You can go to bars and restaurants. It's pretty cool. For sure. the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, I've been to NFL games in other cities. 
no stadiums are in the city at all anywhere yeah, ever. Very few of them now. Uh, you know, it's you can get there on a streetcar line. You can buy a shot of Fireball from a guy outside the Marriott. <laughs> His name's Stinky Willie. <laughs> You can walk in, you know, with the brass band. It's a lot of fun going to Saints games. And the fans are too drunk to really give a shit. Like, they'll invite you over and give you a hot dog and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I, uh, no, the Saints definitely a good experience. I mean, I, I, I do wish more NFL stadiums were in cities. Like, what they did in Dallas stinks. That thing is in the middle of nowhere. you got to drive forever to, to park there and all that stuff. Like, what the Titans did, putting it right next to uh, their downtown is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, I think, is downtown, but there's not a whole lot there. Uh, and then New Orleans. And so and there's really just otherwise, like, what San Francisco did is such a joke. Like, that sucks. That thing is so far away from everything. Not even close. It's not even remotely close. And, like, uh, you know, the Rams Chargers Stadium is in Carson. Yeah, or Inglewood, yeah, something like what's that. What's in Inglewood? Okay. Yeah. The, the Chargers the stage, one. the Chargers was in Carson. Yeah. It's in Inglewood, which mileage doesn't really count in in that part of the country like it's 18 miles it's a fucking hour and a half yeah, to get there it's far, exactly. so it's 18 brutal. miles from downtown new orleans you're in lake Pontchartrain. oh yeah like <laughs> like it's, you got, it's all it's a very small compact area down there so but it yeah is nice. it, it's fun to come to new orleans and uh you know i've never had i've never had a bad experience with an out-of-town fan at a saints game at a saints bar anything like that so you know, I think it's good vibes. Yeah, until you catch COVID this year. It'll all be great. Uh, the other piece of news, Alvin Kamara ranked by ESPN as the number two running back in the NFL. Yeah, behind Derrick Henry. Seems reasonable. Yeah, he was uh, around, f- I guess, five or six last season. He McCaffrey, was good last year. McCaffrey was number one last season, of course. McCaffrey's very good. Dalvin Cook is very good. Yeah. Derrick Henry's Aaron amazing. Jones is coming up. Yeah. Uh, there's some good players, but, uh, you know, that bodes well for the Saints. I don't know how they judge the ESPN rankings. It's based on how good they think their season is going to be, how good yeah. the team's going to be. It's based on bullshit. Well, I'm sure they're thing. like, well, you know, uh, 500 interceptions later, they're going to be handing the ball <laughs> off quite a bit. <laughs> So maybe it'll be fruitful <laughs> for AK. Uh, yeah, uh, James is throwing 99 mile an hour lasers to Camara uh, <laughs> standing one foot away from him. Uh, very excited for all of that. Uh, anyway, that takes us through our Saints news. That'll take us right into, of course, Partners! Polk News! Polk News! Polk News. Uh, Connor McGregor. Who? Some guy. He's like a Logan Paul if he took himself a little more seriously. <laughs> Conor McGregor, uh, like, you're starting to see that this guy's a psychopath. Oh, yeah. And not in the way that, like, you have to be to fight a man in the ring. <laughs> but you're, like, going, oh, there's something wrong with this guy. Because yeah. he's, like, posting. He uh, he fought uh, uh, Poirier from uh, Lafayette. The Pride of Acadiana, yes. And uh, he was, like, posting stuff, like, his, saying, like, oh, your wife DM'd me. And there was, like, footage of him in the ring screaming, like, I'll kill you and your wife and all this shit. Psycho. He broke his fucking ankle, uh, like, after after time in the first round. So, technically, at the end of the first round. And he's screaming, like, it was a stoppage. It was a stoppage. I didn't fucking get in. Because there's a difference between, like, getting injured during the fight and losing. Oh. And if you get injured, like, outside. So he I was, mean, like, he lost. Yeah, he lost. Uh, but... Now they're saying, like, he's going to come back and do a fourth oh, match. God. Like, dude, your, your glimpse in cage fighting is very little. And yeah. you, you had it. And, I mean, you could see from that first round that he was not going to make it out alive. And that was brutal. And just the shit, you know, he, he threw, like, the chair at the Khabib bus. He's, he's a maniac. And I don't know why... Like, Americans really think he's American. Yeah, I like, get it. Well, Americans fucking love him. His ability to be a complete uh, douchebag, yeah. uh, as we can relate to. Uh, I, I, I mean, I definitely think some of it is performative with him. Obviously, the more eyeballs you attract by doing crazy stuff, the more money you make, et cetera, et cetera. That and, like, fighting is the ultimate, like, uh, the minute you get paid and you're the champ and all this stuff, like, it's over. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to maintain that 
edge and that hunger and that whatever. Like somebody else is trying to literally beat your ass. Yeah. Uh, and it just seems really difficult. And he's made so much money, and now he hasn't done anything remotely relevant from he hasn't a MMA won perspective since in five Obama years. was president. Is that right? I thought he yeah. beat like some tomato can a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't done anything relevant in the sport in a while. Uh, the 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 Mayweather fight is like the most interesting thing he's done. Yeah, and that was just because it went and longer than people expected. Of yeah. course, it's all a spectacle that, now. He's not relevant. That's like, what all this stuff is going to become now. Like he's going to be fighting Logan Paul in maybe not even a year. Yeah, His, yeah. You know, uh, that's what all this stuff is going to become now. And like boxing has always dealt with the murky waters of. Uh, people it being a very corrupt organization mm-hmm. and people not really giving a fuck and it being more of a gambler's sport yeah. and stuff like that. I, I, I don't want to see like UFC turn into that, but I feel like the players, once they leave UFC, are absolutely going to take that like circus route of like fighting Jose Canseco in Mexico City. They'll just do anything for money, of course. That's what the whole sport is. Yeah. When you're prize fighting, it's what it is. I mean, the money comes from how many eyeballs you attract. That's you know, I don't know. It just seems like kind of it's the it's a weird. I can't really watch it. I don't enjoy it. Did you watch it? I watched it, but this stuff is just like not at the price point they're selling it for because you have to get uh, ESPN Plus. Yeah, you're paying for that, and then you have to pay for the pay per view on top of it. And just like when I was a kid, Mike Tyson pay per views were thirty seconds. Yeah, and you'd spent sixty bucks on HBO. That is what's like happening with these things because no one gives a fuck about the undercard for no, the most for part. For the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but these these fights—that was a five-minute fight that ninety-five percent of people, you know, paid fifty bucks for. Yeah. On top of a monthly streaming service, I feel like they're gonna burn out pretty quick. Like once they shut down piracy, yeah, or people. I think they go after it really hard they too. Do. It's just hard to and, stop it. You know, people. Not everybody can go to Hooters to watch a game, so. I feel like they're really towing Not the line. Not everyone is lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're towing the line on what their audience is willing to put up with. I Definitely. Feel like. uh, on the exact opposite end of the spectrum for that spelling bee champion. Yeah, What's local her? girl done good. Yeah, Zalia Avant Garde. Something like that. That can't be her last name. Yeah, I know that's a crazy last name, but that's. I mean, she's the she's most famous Harvey. person in New Orleans. Yeah, from Harvey won the spelling bee. First African American woman to win the spelling bee, probably, the, probably the first person from Harvey, Louisiana, to win the spelling <laughs> to bee. Win a spelling bee. Also, I would go as far as to say probably the first not homeschooled person <laughs> to win the spelling bee. Uh, but that's not even her thing. She's a basketball player. She has like Guinness World Records for some kind of basketball. I think she was like dribbling six basketballs at the same time yeah. while spelling, you know, chrysanthemum. I mean, she's the coolest person in the world. Absolutely. And uh, she said one of her goals was to uh, go to Harvard, become an astronaut, and play in the WNBA. So you know who gave her a full scholarship ride? The Harvard of the South. Uh, which one? LSU. Uh, there you go. Congratulations. Go Tigers. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure she's going to want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't need a full scholarship. Yeah, exactly. I need to I'm stay close genius. to Harvey. Um <laughs> No, I would say this is one of the few stories ever where it's like, this is just awesome. Yeah. Like, what an awesome thing. Everything you hear about it more, you're like, it's even better. Every single thing she says makes her cooler. Every single thing they, like, reveal about her is better. Yeah. You're like, I don't even know how this is a single human person. This is the opposite of a current story in, like, 2021 where, like, everything is like, oh, well, they did this. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, you like that person? Well, they tweeted about this 11 years ago. Uh, no, this is the exact opposite. Every single thing about this is awesome. She seems to be like incredibly uh, ha- like an upbeat person, like doesn't seem to hold any uh, negativity, doesn't seem to hold any sort of like it's just amazing. She's just like this little flower that's just like incredible and everything most children don't hold negativity i don't know about your children i'm just saying like it's amazing to just see somebody (laughs) who's just so like uh innocent and pure and good at everything like it's just bizarre like you normally don't see that with somebody with recognition there's no way to put skepticism around it 
unless you go to the Twitter comments. Oh, that's the only time you can let's find. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Oh my goodness. Well, hopefully she stays in Louisiana. Yeah, until she's like this eighteen in a day, dude. I mean, <laughs> let's let her be the new Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Let her be the mayor of New Orleans. I, she could absolutely be the mayor right now. Absolutely, she would win in a landslide. Yeah, and she would beat Latoya in a spelling bee. <laughs> There is no question about that. She'd beat literally every person in this city That's true. by a mile. <laughs> I uh, I watched. I actually they were showing it at a bar, which I thought was cool. People were like cheering yeah. along. All all those words were uh, astounding. I was a spelling bee child. Oh being yeah, homeschooled. Yeah, yeah. How how far did you go? Um, well, I was. It's it's like starting off playing. It's like being the eighth seed in Golden State's the number one. Yeah. I was up against homeschoolers in the uh, first yeah. round. You're screwed. Yeah. So I'm like fucking taking my. I I could have taken some of those like Carol yeah. Wasman motherfucker. <laughs> no, I was up against homeschoolers. I was getting the tar beat out of me. Lost on Starbird. <laughs> Fuck you. What am I a sailor? <laughs> no, I did pretty good though. That sounds. Spelling bee sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like a thing that is horrible. Yep. That's about it. Uh, well, no. You talk about people apologizing for tweets. This is its not even a story anymore. Okay. It's just a daily occurrence. Stephen Smith. Stephen B. Smith? Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. Got Smith. that Stephen Smith. Got yeah, it. not okay. that guy that used to play for the Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> he played for the Hornets. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith had to issue an apology because he said that uh, Shohei. Uh-huh. Otani. Shohei Otani, the home run champ, I believe. The Yes, the Japanese king of baseball. Yeah. Yeah? He said that he could not really be the face of baseball because you still needed an interpreter to understand what he was saying. That was very controversial, I assume. People oh, People yes. were very mad. People yeah. were... Astoundingly mad. And this is how you know that, like, this kind of stuff is manufactured. There were, like, infographics regarding what Stephen A. Smith was saying. So, like, a team of a thousand people passed off on what Stephen A. Smith was going to say about Shohei. Yeah. They, like, made graphics saying, like, will America accept? And then Stephen A. Smith, a lunatic, said it out loud because he has to fill the 17 hours a day he's on air. Who gives a shit? Yep. And people got very, very upset. He issued an apology immediately. I'm sure the apology was written before the first cry on graphic. He was like, all right, so I'm going to say this at 341. At 359, I'll go ahead and post the apology. Yeah, he was very famous for a day. It's like it's it, it, this whole society rewards the exact wrong thing. It's like who's the loudest and the dumbest? That's who gets their their name out. So like... People just dunked on him for an entire yeah. day, and everybody thought they were dunking on him. It's like, no, you're making him more famous for saying something that you think is super ignorant. I would and have it is never. kind of ignorant, but it's also not. He wasn't saying like, we got to get the Japs out of baseball. Like he wasn't. It wasn't. Well, it was literally just like, yeah. it's really hard for the country to rally around a guy who doesn't speak their language. That could be which, a statement about the country, you know, being behind the... T- Shohei does speak English. I, you know, I watched a speech that he, you know, it's something, yeah. and I could understand him just fine. I do understand the sentiment that Americans, middle Americans watching baseball, are probably not going to be as acceptive of somebody who's not from Cornfuck, Nebraska <laughs> on the TV smacking dingers. I get that. Does it make it right? No. no. But I'm not going to act like, oh, I can't even imagine a world. Yeah, I can imagine that world. That's the world we live in. Yeah. 50% of women voted for Trump, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I, to tell I, you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is a, this is not a, a great reality, but it is a cold reality. But you know uh, what happened? Um, a, a great solution came from it. All these people had a fruitful dialogue. Um, <laughs> like money went to Scott. No, none of this happened. Just a bunch of idiots yelled online. And then Stephen A. Smith went to his solid gold rocket car, drove to a solid gold mansion and, you know, went home and had a fine time. Did yeah. he think about what you tweeted him for a second? No. Did Shohei? Probably not. No. I just like I, I, I the all star yeah. MLB game is happening right now. Did anybody know that? Does no. Anybody- <laughs> no, no one cares. I mean, that's the, the and, like 
I was going to say, the reason Shohei Otani won't become a huge household name and a star is not because he's Japanese. It's because he plays fucking baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike Trout is not a fucking He's on his team. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. No one cares. Otani's awesome. Like, for those of you who actually do watch baseball, which I do, like, he's incredible. He's like the he's a uh, electric factory to watch. Like, he is pitching and he's striking everybody out. And then he's hitting the ball like he's swinging it the way that you would swing it in like Ken Griffey Jr. video games, like (laughs) just his whole body weight into the ball and it goes 500 feet. Like it is amazing to watch. He is incredible. I love Shohei Atani. I don't think he'll ever be Michael Jordan because, yeah, he plays baseball and he's Japanese. I don't understand why that's controversial. What Stephen A. Smith was definitely, it was said, was ignorant because he crossed a little bit of a line. But the overall point of, like, can this guy be the most famous person in sports? Maybe he can be the most famous person in baseball. I don't think it's that hard. Who's the most famous person in baseball now? I have no idea. Like, not since Derek Jeter has there been a guy who, like, my wife can name. Yeah. You know, that like that didn't play on the on the Astros. Maybe you know? Kershaw. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That like my like I'm trying to think of a baseball player my mom could name. Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like there's just not, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't exist. Uh that crossover star. The LeBron James yeah. of baseball doesn't there it's not a person right now. Uh so yeah. Whatever. Uh Stephen A. Smith said something dumb. Everyone got mad about it. And, you know, he'll make $12 million and everybody just sent off a mean tweet and the world moves on. Truly that, shocking. That's our life. All right. Let's get into the everybody's favorite segments. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated, overrated, everything that's in between. Kush, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. We start with overrated, correct? Yeah, we've only been doing this for over a year. <laughs> well, we write the rundown. We always put underrated first. Very confusing. <laughs> overrated. Uh, that old bag of shit, Edwin Edwards. Okay? Oh, no. You're dead? Fine. Listen, this guy was a criminal. He's getting hosannas thrown at him like he was a world leader. Like he held like he he took people out of captivity. This man was a thief. A a, a convicted federal crime. He took kickbacks. He was corrupt as hell. He admitted it. He was a piece of shit. Okay, let's just call. He was interesting piece of shit. I'm not saying not to mourn the dead. Let's go ahead and mourn the dead. I'm not happy he's dead, all right? But let's also not have all these eulogies that make him out to be an incredible person. The Saints and Pelicans put out a statement. The mayor put out a statement. The governor, they're like, oh, we lost a real leader, a real great guy. Pastor was like, if he had had a gun and put it to every person in Louisiana's face and took the money that he took from the state, they would have been, look, this guy's a piece of trash and he's dead now. And instead, it's like, oh, no, because he just did it, you know, like behind closed doors while wearing a suit and saying funny things to the media. All of a sudden, he's this okay guy, and he's a character and a great person. It's like, he's not a great person. He was a criminal. He stole money from the state of Louisiana. Stole it from you. Stole it from me. And look, the best thing he did was beat David Duke to win the governor, which is great. And anyone who would have done that is a hero. Fantastic that you were a criminal, and that's how you won a fourth term as governor is you beat the actual guy from the KKK. Congratulations. That was a noble thing to do, beating him. Everything else, all the corruption, all the bullshit, that should be the lead of his of his thing. Like when Donald Rumsfeld died, everyone was like pissing on his grave. Donald Rumsfeld's a terrible person. And when Edwards dies, it's like, oh, this incredible guy. He eats crazy food and he and he has all these funny quips. So overrated Edwin Edwards. I'm gonna stop talking now. This has been the last Polk and Kush, everybody. <laughs> Just don't steal from if people. You, if you are not a New Orleans local, uh, Edwin Edwards died three hours ago. <laughs> He died in a roller coaster accident. He wasn't a good guy. I don't. That's all I'm saying. Overrated. You know what I'll tell you is uh, an underrated thing saying I have no opinion. 
Sure. And I'm going to say I have no opinion. I hope to get some fan mail on what a great person Edwin Edwards was. I'm sure he helped a lot of people. I sincerely don't know much about the guy. I've heard he was a Huey P. Long-style fellow that helped yeah. his friends get rich yeah. and did some social stuff that was good. Spent 10 years I in jail. I don't have to have an opinion on everything. You don't. He spent 10 years in jail. Let's lead with that. Great. And not that he's a funny character. He stole from you. Everyone. Move on. He's dead. Donald Rumsfeld, also dead. Also a bad guy. We're, like, this happens. <laughs> My overrated gummy bears. <laughs> the clear ones taste like the glue they put on the back of magazine cards. The red ones, are they cherry? Are they strawberry? Are they watermelon? I can't tell. My real overrated. Oh, mama. My real overrated coupons. Why am I sweating so much? <laughs> I wonder. Coupons. Coupons? This is made. This is written solely about my experience going to the CVS next door. <laughs> coupons. It okay. If you're a loan couponer, if you're at CVS, you're getting the receipt. It takes a fucking ten minutes to get that goddamn oh, yeah. ancient C scroll. <laughs> And then it like tells you what you're buying. It's like you can get five percent off dick growing cream next time you come back. It's like, hey, how do you know? Uh, but the people that are using coupons, these are the real losers of society. Yeah. You remember the extreme couponers where it'd be like some guy getting like 40 cans of beans. <laughs> They're going to have like whole bomb shelters full of food. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you need 17 toilet brushes for? And then you get mad because it's five cents. These people are sick and I'm tired of them getting in front of me at line at CVS because it's not just that they're using the coupon or extreme couponing. They're also always paying with like a two party out of state bad check. <laughs> <laughs> that's out of date. They're arguing about the bamboo toilet paper being two for one. It's the and speed. And for what? Yeah, it really is the speed. For what? I've never used a coupon. Never? Never. Yeah. I Why to, would I? Yeah, I can't remember using like one like a grocery store. I definitely have used like the buy one, get one things that, you know. What do you save with coupon? If you are an average couponeer... Are you saving $100 a year? Great. Well, you know what I'd rather do? Spend $100 and not be a loser. This is the meanest podcast. <laughs> Poke and Kush. The, we were mean to everyone except the little girl who won the spelling bee. Don't bring me down to your level. That's true. You're not talking about dead people, at least. <laughs> Uh, I dig it. It is very hot in here. It's though. hot as hell in here. Maybe that's making us so mean. Uh, underrated? Underrated. Let's Jail. see. Somebody. <laughs> Life. Uh, 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 spreadsheets. <laughs> everyone hates spreadsheets. They all think that, you know, everyone thinks that if they have a job where they have to use Excel, it's like, oh, my God, just, you know, if I'm in a cubicle looking at Excel all day, I'm just going to blow my brains out. And that's not the case. Excel is amazing. Excel can do uh, everything. And like when you have to like actually organize your life and you're like, all right, I need to put a budget together because I'm going to lose my house because I would never stole all the money from me. <laughs> then you have to kind of get it together on one sheet and put it all the numbers in there. You can break it down a hundred different ways. You can show graphs. You can show, I mean, the spreadsheet really has an amazing amount of functionality to it. And until you really embrace it, uh, it's just underrated because everyone thinks that it's very boring yeah. and very stupid. And it's just not something that they want as a part of their life. But you should all embrace it because it's the best organizational tool imaginable. Nothing makes my wife happier than when I send her the Excel spreadsheet with the numbers of what we're spending and taking in in a given month. She loves that. Makes her so happy. Nothing. Literally nothing makes anyone less bored on planet Earth than me being like, well, here's the budget right now. <laughs> like, could not care less. We can use the spreadsheet uh, to figure out how many sponsors we're losing <laughs> after this episode. This is the, the, the Edwards estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, once you, I don't even know. I say that I know how to use it. 
I don't know how to. What I do know how to do is how to Google how to use it. Yeah. And whenever I have to like make something subtract from a number that stays in a column, mm-hmm. I just Google it. Yeah, it's nice. And then I type it in. I don't remember any of that shit. No, it just goes in in one and out the other. Just it's beautiful. Very, yeah. I make an extra twelve thousand a year because <laughs> I lie about knowing how to use Excel. It allows you not to have to use coupons. There we go. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Spreadsheets underrated. What you got, Polk? Underrated rain. Rain, Rain makes corn. <laughs> corn makes whiskey. So <laughs> makes whiskey my baby a little bit frisky. <laughs> That's Wh- a bad song. I mean, a great song, but a bad song. Continue. What was I saying? Rain. Rain. Uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's been raining for fucking a month now. Yes. But if it wasn't, imagine how hot it would be. God, it would be. It's very hot right now. Yes, we my. are in the Bud Light Lime in Fuego Studios. <laughs> the underside <laughs> of my knees are sweating. Uh, if it was not raining every single goddamn day here, and this is like, there's that weather weather dot com chart of like the wettest places in America. We're yeah. purple right now. <laughs> That's like the ocean. We're just a, a, a rubber ducky. <laughs> I mean, it rains every, every day. day. It rains every single day. And when it's not raining, it's 110 degrees. So yeah. if it wasn't raining all day, it would be 130 degrees. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, let's be a little less grass is greener and go, hey, you know what? It might be. Bless I for- you. I forgot I have coronavirus. <laughs> uh, it might be raining. It's the new Sigma variant. It might be raining every day. But at least it's not uh, an unescapable hell blaze. Yeah, just, you know, get a uh, an umbrella, a jacket. You'll be fine. Yeah. But it does rain. And it rains hard. It's not like one of these, you know, uh, Seattle sprinkling things. It is like the, uh, you know, Noah is on his way for about 15 minutes. It rains as hard as it possibly can, and then it ends. Absolutely. So, I agree. Rain underrated. I'm in for that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to my favorite part of every single week on this year's program. The worst! The worst. We've got a co-worst this week. Again, the worst, worst thing I saw or read this week. You've seen it. You've stolen it. You thieves. Email it in, polkandkush at hotmail.com. No, it's <laughs> gmail.com. The story comes from our good friend, one of the only true journalists left, Ramon. God damn it, I keep getting pop-ups. This fucking website. <laughs> With the best website around, <laughs> nola.com, everybody. Subscribe why it, today. Why is it impossible to look at a website on your phone now? Uh, I could look at the dark web on my phone easier than it is to go to like target.com or nola.com or mcdonalds.com. It's nothing but pop-ups and ads. Anyway, the story. I love mcdonalds.com. I just gander. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what are the specials? What do we have today? The McGriddle? After cars seen doing donuts in Warehouse District, NOPD wants to confiscate vehicles. They're going to try to steal? They're going to take the people's cars? Well, I'm sure the vehicles are already stolen. I'm sure they're going to get the vehicles (laughs) back for these people. New Orleans police said Monday they are searching for at least two drivers who performed donuts and other car stunts in an intersection in the Warehouse District this weekend. Really, this is a visual the worst. There is a video. This is a section of the warehouse district where there are like 100 people standing around. The sun is out. There's dozens of cars like behind these people honking as they're just doing donuts in the intersection. It's like a magazine street. I've seen this on the internet before. I've seen this on the on the teenage Instagram. Yes, where people are doing the donuts and wild and out. Yeah, and like morons are just standing there waiting to get fishtailed by the car. Yes, uh, but this this kind of buffoonery has now come to our fine city. To downtown, like if you're gonna do it, do it like you know where people aren't. Yeah, go to a Polk and Kush live taping. <laughs> And drive around in the intersection outside of Brothers 3, where we'll be doing it. You can go to Lakefront Arena at any time if you're in a UNO basketball game. The motorists will face charges for reckless driving. No, they won't. This is hypothetical. Yes. The motorists will face charges for reckless driving and any insurance-related violation. Come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you'll find them with their license plates they uh-huh. have. And I bet when you do find them at their address that is linked to their license plate, they'll have insurance that they're currently paying for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a fantasy. This is something the city is not going to tolerate, said Department Captain Jeffrey Walls, who was lying. <laughs> We are definitely going to tolerate it. Yeah, we're going to completely tolerate it. We hope you forget about it. (laughs) Don't worry, a building's going to collapse tomorrow, (laughs) and then you'll forget about it. Wall's remarks were prompted by video of a crowd cheering on a white SUV and a black sedan. They were taking turns, spinning in circles, and burning their ties around 5.30 p.m. Sunday at the corner of South Peters and St. Joseph Streets. According to Walls, officers disperse the gathering. No, they don't. In the video, you can see that the people just leave of their own uh, accord. Yep. But we're still trying to identify all of those involved. <laughs> he said later that day, some of the crown went on to perform stunts at the corner of St. Bernard and North Claiborne, as well as on Downman Road. Well, that's that's where they should be doing. Yeah. Walls said spectators at such impromptu street shows could easily be killed if a driver loses control of a car. A stop sign knocked over during Sunday's activity illustrated that. Uh, everyone loses. Yeah. This is just insane. I would be so mad if I was like the fifth car, like yeah. I was too far away to honk. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're just like, you're stuck on that block and you couldn't turn off. Yeah. Be like, all right, so I'm just going to wait for these guys to do donuts for an hour. Like, <laughs> obviously the cops aren't coming. The best part was like, clear, it's in the middle of the warehouse district. As crowded as it's going to be, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, there has to be a cop within three blocks of there. Not a single cop shows up for this entire time that the thing's going on. And then they go on Twitter and say, if anybody has any information about this video that someone took, can you let us know? And it was like, no one could get there. You blocked all the... Tr- <laughs> the warehouse district is blocked up. They didn't do this in some remote part of the city where you guys can't get to. This is in the middle of the warehouse district, guys. What are you doing? There's like old people walking to the World War II Museum three blocks away. And you guys are just like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll get to it. If someone could just tell us who did it. I don't want I mean, we're not going to go find out. You just tell us. That'd be great. Can you tell us where these people are? <laughs> Can you send them to our office, please? This is from <laughs> Chief Wiggum saying, hey, if you guys see the criminal, can you tell us? Uh, just bat- and like. So I'm sure these guys are going to do it again yeah. the next week. Like, there's no there's no disincentive. Like, this story is saying, like, oh, they're looking for... No one cares. No one's looking No for one got arrested. No one got touched. The, no one got hurt. The NOPD so, looking for these guys means if they commit another crime and crash one of those vehicles, <laughs> yes. they will be tried <laughs> for this crime. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Quite possibly. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, it's uh, routinely just amazing what is happening. In this. First of all, they're still not picking up the damn trash. No trash. <laughs> it's incredible. So if you're keeping score at home, uh, you cannot get your trash picked up. But if you live close enough to the middle of the warehouse district, maybe they will knock the cans over for you. Spinning donuts in your front yard, and then they'll pick up the trash when it's strewn across the street. Perhaps that will be enough to get someone to come pick up the trash for you. So let's all just hope for donuts in our front yards. Is that all we can hope for at this point? <laughs> I think we're there. I think we're there. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it for this week's episode of Polk and Kush. Thanks so much for listening. Like, rate, and subscribe. We are on all major podcast platforms. Send us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. We're going to be updating with live events, merch, all the fun stuff you've come to love and know us for very, very soon, and you don't want to miss a minute of it. Thanks, as always, to Jansen Patagna at French Quarter Realty, as well as Ale on Oak Street, Uptown's finest patio bar. We'll see you next week. Scott Kushner, Andrew Polk. See ya. See ya.